This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 in 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. want to remind you, join us, The Big Show. Uh, Gordon, we're going to be at the RV Super Show coming up on Thursday and Friday at the Mountain American uh, Expo Center uh, down there in Sandy. So make sure and come by and join us. Check out... uh, what is always it, it's pretty amazing first of all how many rvs they can actually fit into that space yes. like it's, it's pretty remarkable but it seems like that uh, that industry has some pretty cool advancements every time we go yeah we and we, like you said we've been there a whole lot of years now and uh it's it's always interesting to see what's next so that's where we will be on thursday and friday at the mountain america expo center for the rv super show all right, Gordon, it's time for a weekly conversation with Mason Wake. Been very much uh, looking forward to this. He's been great so far, and uh, I can imagine he's probably feeling pretty good after yeah. a rivalry win. Yeah, exactly, and he's always fun to talk to. So Let's get right to it. Austin? Mason Wake crosses the goal line for the first points of this game. They give it straight ahead for a touchdown. That's the fullback, Mason Wake. Mason Wake gets his second touchdown of the game. Wake up. Wake up. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for our weekly conversation. Uh, Austin plays the Wake Up song. Are we all comfortable with that as a show name? That was our homework assignment. Mason Wake with us now. What do you think about the? What do you think about Wake Up? You, you all right with that? Yeah, that's cool. Anything else, hey, Gordon? Did you come up with anything better? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying. I'm kind of wondering. I thought uh, Austin, you're, you're listening. You're yeah, here. The song works. Uh, the name of the show. Uh, we had a listener, Dwight, say "Wakes Takes." I thought Wakes that was kind of Takes. Good. Yeah, that yeah, is I like Wakes good. Takes. That's kind of cool. All right, all right. We'll get to work on that. Wakes Takes. Gordon, any objections? You good? All right. All right. Well, let's get started. Uh, congratulations on the win. Wow. That, uh, I mean, it just had to feel pretty good. The, the streak gets snapped and you guys played one heck of a ball game. Just tell us about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just coming in from the first play, we just, we just had that confidence that we'd go in there and win. And, um, our coach, uh, my, my coach, coach Clark told us to stare down the bully and they've been the bully the last nine years. And we just went in there and, um, we stared them down and we weren't scared at all. And we just went in there and, Take care of business. Mason, one of the things that Kalani Sataki talked about was the focus of the team. And uh, I assume along with that, the determination you guys showed all through the uh, the preparation time. Did you uh, pick up on that? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of um, stuff going on during the week, like the Big 12 and uh, a few other things. And we just were laser focused. Like, Kalani told us about it. I think Tom came in and told us that we were in the Big 12, but we were just like, ah, like we're focused on this game. Like um, that was just our main focus. And um, 
we started off pretty slow. Defense started fast, but offense started slow. But we were just focused and determined, and um, that paid off. So I want to ask you about something that Coach Whittingham said yesterday. Um, Coach Whittingham talked about how the the shortcomings on defense were because they got pushed around and and really beat up physically, and that doesn't happen to Utah very often. I mean, as you mentioned, they're they're a bully kind of tough. T- tough team and I I thought and and Gordon pointed this out uh, terrifically well yesterday that's a real compliment to you guys that you were able to do that to a team that that rarely has that happen to them so kind of take us through the game from that aspect you guys physically really showing up to play yeah coach Roderick was telling us yesterday that um, we came to play and um, Utah's main thing is to stop the run and then they start blitzing and then I mean they blitz us probably every single play on Saturday until we started um, gashing them with the runs. We started running into the blitzes. Um, That was our main focus. And then they started seeing that we're doing that. And so they kind of eased up and the run game just, it started slow, but we stuck to it. We didn't give up on it. And then it started um, opening up in a lot of holes and having a quarterback that can run um, really helps with that. But I mean, our main focus was just to get the run going because that's usually what their, their bread and butter is stopping the run and then having everything else um, fall into place for them. But, I mean, we just got the run going and um, ended up being pretty good. So, Mason, what's the uh, what's the relationship between being confident in your preparation and then going out and winning and then celebration afterward? Uh, <laughs> if you Did you know you were going to win or were you surprised that you won and that added to the euphoria afterward? Um, us as players in a team, uh, us as a team, we, we, we knew we were going to win. Um, that wasn't really a surprise to us. It was the fans that were surprised. Um, if they would have been there at practices and um, felt the atmosphere during practice and just throughout the week, they would have um, not been as surprised. But, I mean, us as players and as a team, we weren't surprised at all. Um, um, that's just the confidence you got to have going in and playing a good defense and playing a good team in Utah. And um, having that nine-game streak um, – I mean, we just – we felt like we had nothing to lose. So, um, we didn't have a streak on the line. We just wanted to go out there and play our game. And um, the fans really celebrated after. It was pretty fun. There was nothing fluky about it, that's for sure. Yep, yep. Speaking of, of celebrations, you're now part of an infamous celebration. What 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 happened? <laughs> Are you talking about the fan storm in the field? Or? Oh, I thought uh, – didn't you have a run-in with, uh, what, well, Puka Nakua during a celebration? In oh, my, uh... my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Samson scored the touchdown, so I ran down there and I, I went and jumped on him, and someone came out of nowhere. I didn't know who it was until I watched the video, and Puka came and just leg swiped me, and I almost did like a backflip, but I like landed on my face, but I got right back up and started celebrating. I was like, dude, what just happened? But yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I've got to give Austin Austin credit. Austin caught that one, and uh, he was like, "We gotta, we gotta ask him about this." Mason's always <laughs> jumping over people, anyway. Yeah, this is so, what he does. So. so anyway, Austin noticed, so so we had to ask you about it. That's awesome. So how do you how do you take the the good feeling that you guys have just generated for yourselves, and then turn it on a dime to play a ranked team this week? I'm sure you're all aware that there is a tendency by some players and teams to let down a little bit. Uh, what's going on in that regard? Yeah, I mean, um, BYU in the past, um, they have a track record of beating really good teams. And then um, 
not playing the best the week after. And um, that's just, that's just, we, we brought that up. Coach Roderick, Coach Scalani, they brought that up. And um, that's definitely on our minds. And we had a good practice yesterday and we're looking forward to have a good practice this week. But I mean, we're just going out there. The fans will bring energy. We'll bring energy. Um, it'll be a fun game on Saturday night. What do you think of Herm Edwards? Not from I'm just asking you because he's you know been uh, on TV and he's been around for a long time and and uh, yeah I interviewed him at uh, at Pac-12 Media Day and he's just he's an interesting dude with a with an interesting perspective on life and he seems like a really good communicator and I guess you'd have to be in coaching and on on television but he 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 coaches his teams it seems to be tough and to want to run the football and I I would I would guess you know a pretty tough team to play. Yeah, I mean, we just started watching a little bit of film on them. Um, I don't know much about Herm Edwards. I watched him when he was coaching in the NFL, so it's going to be pretty cool to go out there and see him. But, I mean, they're decent as of their defense. Um, they don't blitz a ton like Utah does, but they they're really they're really tough and like they're a good collective group. They play hard together and they play a lot of man, and so they trust their DBs and they want to come up and stop the run. But I mean. Um, nothing too flashy like Utah. Um, Utah blitz pretty much every play, but um, yeah, they just they just looking at film. They look like they're a good all around team, and um, they play well together. So we had a discussion with you last week, Mason, about the way you play fullback slash tight end. And yesterday we got the discussion about what tight ends like to do. Do they like to block? Do they like to catch the ball? Do they put up with blocking and they prefer to, to uh, see the ball in the air getting targeted and whatnot? What, uh, what do you say about that? Yeah, so at BYU, it um, doesn't matter what position you are, you're a blocker first. And that's just like um, – I personally love doing that. But, I mean, so this is how I, how I think about it is uh, – I mean, everyone wants the ball, but um, not everyone wants to block. But in my mind, like, I think if I get if I get the blocks down good and um, I start blocking good and everything else opens up and I'll start getting the ball. So it just motivates me and um, blocking um, us tight ends. We love blocking. Down Holker loves running routes, but um, we all love blocking receivers. You can see how um, Keanu Hill, uh, he's probably one of our best blockers and he's a wide receiver that wants to catch touchdowns, but he takes it to heart and um, he really likes um, – um, getting down there in the trenches. But, yeah, that's just our, our, our number one goal is being good blockers and blocking for the run and blocking for the pass even. But, yeah, that's just our main focus. So, Gordon uh, Gordon could tell you, but I, I rarely complain, uh, if, if ever. Uh, but one thing I do complain about is uh, late start times. And, uh, you know, it's purely personal. I hate it. You know, this game goes until the middle of the night. And if you're working after, heaven forbid, you know, it's it's in- inconvenience, right? Uh, first world problems. But uh, from a player perspective, I think I would hate the late start mostly because the game gets over so late, it cuts into the celebration time. No, I mean, you, you beat Utah. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to get out? You want to celebrate? And you, you get probably, you know, cleaned up in the locker room and everything uh, wound into place. It's probably 2 o'clock in the morning. What are you supposed to do? So there, there's my new complaint. I mean, as a player, like we, after that Utah game, we celebrated to like 5 or 6 a.m. That's just, <laughs> Good that's, for you. Not the pro- Good. that's not the problem. The problem is, waking up on Saturday morning and having meetings and then all of a sudden having four hours of just doing nothing. Like that's, <laughs> that's the worst part. Yeah. I wouldn't say the celebrations cut into cause we still find a way, but it's the waiting around on Saturday, watching college football and just getting antsy. 
for that eight o'clock game. I, I mean, I, I like night games. I don't really love day games for some reason. I love the night games, but it comes with a, like yeah. just that waiting around just kind of bugs me. <laughs> Mason, how do you, how does a star BYU football player celebrate? Um, I mean, just hanging out with a bunch of people. It's not like your typical um, college parties. Uh, we go to in and out. Like we just, we just love being with each other um, as teammates and, we go hang out with friends, maybe just go. I mean, we went to Ben Bywater's house and just we just chilled. Um, and just, <clears throat> yeah, just celebrating with the fans, like, and just being with your family members and just sharing that moment with them is just pretty awesome. Another thing I complain about is field storming, and we don't need to get into it, but uh, it, I find it obnoxious. Again, probably but personal. Jake never complains. <laughs> never complains. Never, ever. Uh, but it's probably personal because I've been on the sidelines when fans stormed the field. I mean, going back a few years, uh, I'm sure you remember when Utah fans stormed the field three times and it nearly cost them the game, and the game had to end three times. I mean, I just personally, I, I find it obnoxious. But from a player's standpoint, I would guess it made a moment like Saturday pretty cool. I don't know. Give it, give me your thoughts on fan storming from your point of view. I thought it personally, I thought it was awesome. Like at the start, when I saw everybody out there, like we just all went and got hyped together. It was just awesome sharing that moment. But then after like three minutes, I was about to pass out. Like that was one of the biggest mosh pits. I just played a football game. So I'm sweaty. I'm tired. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, get me out of here. And so I like just started running towards the, the, the stands just to get out of there but i mean that was just super awesome seeing them um they're all videoing they're all screaming it's it was it was seriously so fun uh mason it's not like there's a pandemic going on or anything Susan. <laughs> uh, i don't know about that anymore <laughs> mason, i want to know is the kind of intensity that you guys brought to beat utah which is one of the best teams on your schedule can you repeat that week after week after week uh, that would make it necessary in order for you to achieve the highest level? Yeah, and I think that plays into having a coach like Kalani, um, his energy and his belief in us and just wanting to go out there and play for him. Um, he's he's really only the, the only coach I want to go out there and play for. He's the best head coach in the nation, I think. Um, we're all just motivated to go out there and play with him. And um, just hearing him talk, like, um, it's pretty special because the motivations that he brings us, um, just the joy and just seeing him dance and stuff that just brings us energy. And throughout the week, um, his speeches and stuff that just motivates us. And, um, it's pretty easy to go play hard for a coach that you love. So thank you, Mason. It's always fun to catch up with you this, uh, and it continues to be congratulations on the, on the big win. And, uh, I'm glad you got a chance to celebrate, stay up until the crack of dawn. Good for you. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mason Wake joins us uh, each and every week here on the big show, Cougar Fullback on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So how does a BYU football player celebrate? You, you heard him say that. You go to In-N-Out and stuff. He, well, he said he went to a teammate's house and they hung out? Okay. Goodbye, I mean, it's man. probably what uh, pretty much every other college uh, kid does to celebrate, minus, say, the beer. <laughs> okay. okay. They what? still figure out how to relish the moment, I'm sure. It sounded like he had a good time. They have uh, cookies and punch. Is that what they got? I don't know. You tell me. That's what they do. You're the non-imbiber here. What do you do to celebrate? Martinelli's? Every once in a while, yeah. All right. See? You figure it out. A good wheel of cheese? You can't go wrong there unless you got bad cheese. Nobody wants bad cheese.
But good cheese. But you don't believe in bad cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can get bad cheese. But once you're a connoisseur like me, I'm a little particular. But, uh, oh, nothing like good cheese. So that's what I would go with. The the wheel is <laughs> a little excessive. But, uh, yeah, those guys deserve to celebrate after that win. That was that was pretty impressive, the way they played. And like I, I said, there was no fluke involved in that. BYU just beat Utah up mentally and physically. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they come back against Arizona State. If we see that same intensity and that same physicality, Jake, uh, then, you know, that'll, that, that could pose a real interesting game on Saturday night. In terms of weight, how much cheese could you eat in one sitting? Well, you know, I'm not sure on that. Did you get to a pound? Oh, a pound of cheese. Yes. Yeah? You think so? Yeah. Imagine a, a five, Imagine one of those five-pound bags of shredded cheese that you get at Costco or Sam's or wherever. One-fifth of that, you could go through that. A pound just sounds kind of heavy. You but I, I, I think I could. I believe in you. Yeah. And I, I might need to... I might need to add a little cracker in there, maybe a little pickle, something to uh, for a little variation. But uh, oh man, you get me. I some think good. I just ate too much cheese. As, as as a wise man once said, "You give me some good cheese, and I'm going to eat it." <laughs> Actually, I think it was me. <laughs> I think we have that drop we somewhere. Do, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixteen ounces of cheese is uh, is equal to a pound, and most cheese comes in eight ounce blocks. You think you could get through two of those? Yeah, it would be a challenge. It would be a challenge, but I I, I wouldn't mind taking on that challenge. Actually, oh, I would. If you, Can if you imagine what that'll do to your digestive system? What would it do? <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> if you give me a bunch of good pieces of cheese, and guess what? I'm going to eat them. Yeah, there it is. All right, joining us now. Another man who likes cheese. Is that true? I don't know. Let's ask him. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch <laughs> Medical Clinic. That's a very strange question, Andrew, but uh, are you I a fan? Lo- I love cheese. I don't know about a pound of cheese, <laughs> but I do love cheese. Or cheese. Does uh, uh, cheese uh, inhibit blood flow at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be fatty or something. There's something with the blood arteries. I'm going to get you back to you on that. I'm going to do a little research on <laughs> okay, that. Okay. Well, let's talk about stuff that actually does help, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that what we're doing actually is improving blood flow at Wasatch Medical. Uh, talking about erectile dysfunction, I don't know that cheese is, it leads to it, but there are a lot of things that can and so many men that are struggling in the bedroom uh if you're out there uh experiencing some ed i bet not enjoying the pill or the trips to the pharmacy this technology is backed by 50 clinical studies now cambridge university we've talked about them a lot and so many new ones that have uh double blind placebo controlled this technology showing it regrows blood vessels and that really is what it's all about more blood flow in the bedroom, where you want it, when you want it. And then my favorite part of the job is hearing from our patients and how the relationship has improved intimacy and I believe overall happiness as well. I can't imagine the side effects. Uh, you've talked about it that the guys put up with for a long, long time. Unnecessary. Unnecessary, yes. The headaches, the blurred vision, the lack of spontaneity, having to time those intimate moments around the pill. Uh, nobody really wants to do that, 
And as far as I know, the technology of Wasatch Medical is the only thing that treats the root cause of the problem. There are no side effects. Men come in on their lunch break, do a quick treatment, and leave feeling totally normal. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you. Thank you. We'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Samson Nakua joins us now, BYU wide receiver. The schedule goes on, and it was a big emotional win. Fans stormed the field. We all saw all that stuff. How do you put that behind you now? Because you got a whole bunch of games. You got another Pac-12 team coming up this week. I think it's an easy win to put behind us. I think that game is just another game to us for what we have planned for this year, and we have to focus on this next game. We want to do big things this year. We want to show everyone that last year wasn't a fluke, that we can do the same thing, and it starts with this game again. We knocked out two Pac-12 teams already. Let's knock out one more Pac-12 team and then move into regular season and show everyone what we can do. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update here on the Big Show. Here's Coach Satake asked uh, if he feels pressure to get his team ready for the eventual Big 12 stage. In regards to the Big 12, really happy that we get to do it as an athletic department. I believe we have great coaches and student athletes at this university and really excited that we get to do that together, that all the sports will be included. I'm really thankful that we have this partnership with the Big 12 and that there are a great number of schools that, that have, from what we see, they, that they have great football programs and it'd be a lot of fun for us. And I, I'm really happy for the fans that, that this happened, but I have nothing to prove other than what we're trying to get done this week. I'm not thinking about two years from now. We just got to move week to week and right now the focus is completely on ASU. This update brought to you by Mountain Mike's Pizza. From outstanding pizza and wings to great appetizers and dessert, get to Mountain Mike's Pizza, 3785 West, 104 South in South Jordan. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Utes head to Southern California to renew an old rivalry with the San Diego State Aztecs. Your home for the best coverage of Ute football is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Just win, David. Takes a snap, fires on a cross, spin, jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! Card to Darren Waller. Blitz is picked up, Jones is open. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! This time, no doubt, win in the W column, baby! This one's over! And baby! All right, it's time to talk some Las Vegas Raiders football. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He is the founder of vegasportstoday.com. He's the host of Silver and Black Today Game Day on The Fan in Las Vegas. We welcome him back to the big show. He's Scott Goldbranson with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Scott, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? 
Gordon Jake, it's always good to be in the zone. How are you guys doing after that game last night? Not a bad one, huh? Oh, it was fun. We're we're great. I mean, what a what a great way to start off uh, the season, start off Monday night football, and and start off football in front of fans down there in Vegas. I mean, it, you couldn't have you couldn't have set a better stage. Yeah, not only was the game great, and and obviously ended with a little bit of drama in every direction you can possibly think, but to get fans back in that stadium, they had not been there. I sat there. Uh, for every game last year in an empty stadium. It just wasn't the same. To get Raider Nation finally after 60 years to have their own stadium and to come out and have a game like that where the crowd, frankly, was so loud that even when the Raiders were on offense, they were having trouble hearing themselves uh, was was fantastic. See, great for the city of Las Vegas, great for Raider Nation, and great for football fans everywhere. Question, has the kicker been found yet? (laughs) <laughs> oh, my goodness. Was that crazy or what? And I'll tell you what, uh, you, you had to think there at that time that the Raiders were going to Raider again because they get down in overtime in the one-yard line. They can't put it away. Uh, and then, of course, they go out for the kick, uh, and, and they can't find their kicker. He's at, he's, he's at the net, as John Gruden said during the postgame press conference. Uh, and, of course, that's on the coaching staff. Let's face it, they have a very – experienced coaches at Rich Basaccia, who is the assistant head coach and the head of the special teams. Uh, you got to wonder what a guy that ex- with that experience, how he didn't have his unit ready to go, but it certainly worked out in the Raiders favor. So Scott, I want to ask you about Derek Carr. Um, you, you know, he's been, I guess, controversial in a sense, or it seems like a lot of Raiders fans expecting him to take the next step and expecting a little bit more, but there's got to be a reason that Gruden has stuck with him all this way. And then for him to play like that last night had to be vindication a little bit, right? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the, the moment John Gruden got back into the Raider organization four years ago, uh, that's when the talk began. Gruden doesn't like Carr. He wants to get rid of Carr. They were going to draft a quarterback uh, back in 18, then 19, then 20. And, of course, it's never happened. So it's one of those narratives that has not died. But at the same time, you have to go by people's actions. You know, when I was growing up as, as a kid, my parents taught me, hey, don't, don't go by what people say. Go by what they do. And John Gruden has, has done uh, well by his quarterback. He's stuck with him. He's believed in him. Uh, and certainly last night, after starting off, frankly, pretty poorly, uh, Derek Carr came back. He passes for 435 yards, two touchdowns, leads the NFL in passing through week one. So uh, clearly, John Gruden and, and Derek Carr are on the same page. Uh, the relationship is much better uh, than people want to talk about. And so hopefully that'll go away. But yeah, he's a, he's a controversial uh, player within Raider Nation, which is crazy because the guy uh, kind of does what he does. But at the same time, I think the issue comes down to winning. We have an organization who hasn't won consistently like the Raiders after that history of winning. I think that people get frustrated and they're going to take it out on the figurehead, which is always the quarterback. In that, uh, okay, so uh, look, the Raiders had chances to win that game. Uh, they go into mm-hmm. overtime and uh, things have gone down the way they have. The, we talked about the kicker missing. <laughs> and next thing you know, uh, usually when you talk about a kicker missing, he's missing field goals, but he's not gone missing. You know? But Anyway, so uh, Carr, on that, on that final game-winning play, he drops back and the Ravens blitz. And no one's back there. No one's covering Jones. I mean, he's wide open back there. What, uh, what did you think when you saw that play? Well, it reminded me a lot of last year, of course. Uh, the, the Raiders were, uh, again, the, the victor when it came to defensive coordinators making bad choices against the Jets when they had that miracle 
play to Henry Ruggs to win a game they should have lost in New York last year. So you, you see the, 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 the uh, Ravens come out and do the same thing, something that doesn't happen very often uh, when you do that blitz. Uh, but at the same time, I think it also shows that despite the fact that Derek Carr has done well, uh, defensive coordinators kind of know that he has struggled under pressure at times, especially uh, with people in his face. They also know that the Raiders' offensive line is all new. You're talking about four new players in that offensive line. Make it five because last night Denzel Good – their starting left tackle went out early in the game with a knee injury. He's lost for the season. And so I think they took a chance. They took a gamble. How fitting since they were in Vegas on, on trying to get in on the quarterback and maybe trying to, to spoil the Raiders situation there. But it came back against them as Zay Jones found that open spot off to the right side of the sideline and took it in for the win. So what do you think of reasonable expectations for this team this year? You know, I said before last night's game even, I really expected a 9-8 and eight season, which I think is disappointing, only because, um, again, the Raiders have, have, have continued to improve slightly year over year under John Gruden. Um, they won eight games last year, so they still haven't gotten a winning record. They won seven games the previous year after only winning four in Gruden's first year. Uh, so I think that anything less than a playoffs is a disappointment. But the schedule is tough, guys. I mean, you look at this schedule in the first four weeks, they follow up this thriller of a game last night down in Las Vegas. Now they got to go on a short week, travel to Pittsburgh, which is never an easy place to play, especially for West Coast teams. And so I think the Raiders, 9-8, and eight, I think the ceiling is 10 wins. If they can get lucky and steal one, maybe 11. But you guys know the AFC has improved greatly. You've got the Clevelands out there. You've got a lot, you have Buffalo, of course, who lost in week one, but it's still a very good team. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC that are on the rise, uh, including in the AFC West division. The Raiders' own division, you got the Chiefs, you got the Broncos, and now you have uh, the Chargers, who have much improved. They're all 1-0. The division's perfect through one week. So it's going to be tough for this team, I think, to make to the playoffs, but they really need to if they want to continue some positive momentum. You talked about the noise in the building. How has the, uh, the connection between the Raiders and the Las Vegas metropolitan area gone? Obviously, with... Uh, with the virus going around last year, but is the is the town embracing this team, and is the team embracing this town? You know what? Absolutely. It, it, it was surprising last year. It was a little tepid, right? Because, uh, like you said, nobody could get excited. Nobody could go to the game. You didn't have a lot of the activities you usually have around uh, an NFL franchise as you get the run-up to the season. But this year, whole different story. Remember, Las Vegas, even though it's an eclectic town with folks from all over the place, uh, there's a lot of folks from Southern California transplants, a lot of folks from Northern California, a lot of folks from Southern Utah have now embraced the team uh, as their own. And so it's drawing from the entire area, and the city is really abuzz with Raider fever. Now, has it reached Golden Knights of the NHL status? Of course, the team born in Las Vegas? I would say not yet, but if the Raiders play like they did on Monday night a couple more times, uh, they're off the Las Vegas Strip, they might just capture the heart of the city. So, Scott, this is not a, a, a Raiders question, but you are the founder of VegasSportsToday.com, so I'll ask it anyway. We, uh, we've we covered the Mountain West Conference for a long, long time, back when uh, BYU and Utah were in it, and now with, uh, with Utah State. And I guess I've maybe foolishly always waited for the UNLV football program to get off the mat. Why has that not happened, and what has to happen for them to you know, be a, a solid Mountain West Conference football program? 
Boy, if I if I knew the answer to that question, I might be the AD. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. The, as I am an alum, full disclosure, I, I went to UNLV and graduated from UNLV. I was there during the heyday of basketball, uh, but football has always struggled. And, and really, I think it just comes down to a lack of leadership, both at the university and the athletic department. Uh, UNLV is now athletic director list. They're in the interim period again, looking as Desiree Reed Francois left to go to Missouri. She hired the current coach who has yet to win a game at UNLV. And it's, it's, it's hard to fathom, guys. I mean, you look at the situation uh, in Las Vegas. They have brand-new facilities on campus, the Fertitta Football Complex, which is beautiful. You obviously have now Allegiant Stadium to play in. Yes, it's a pro stadium, but a great place to, to, to go. You have great facilities all over UNLV. But at the same time, you know, with football, the number of kids you got to bring in, um, I find in talking to some parents who have kids that are being recruited, that some of them are they're a little nervous to send their kids to Las Vegas. It's a little easier in basketball. We have a smaller environment, and coaches have a much more, I think, uh, um, closer look at what the kids are doing because it's a small group of kids. But with football, it's also more difficult. That's a little bit of it. Uh, but you keep waiting for that program to turn the corner and at least maybe every couple years be competitive enough that they're going to a bowl game. It just hasn't happened, uh, and uh, right now it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. I got kind of a strange question for you, but it has to do with Richie Incognito. How has that worked out with him with the Raiders after, you know, some of the things he's gone through uh, through his, what, 14-year career? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. With Richie Incognito, from an from a on-the-field perspective, it's not gone great. I mean, he's missed more games than he's played for the Raiders. Uh, when he's in there, he's played great. But let's face it, at his age – uh, the body just starts doing what the body does. So it's been hard for him to stay on the field. Now, in the locker room, he's been a godsend. He's been very good for that young team, for the quarterback, for Derek Carr. And so he has stayed, you know, um, um, significantly, uh, I think, uh, in, in the safe zone, so to speak. He's been very, very good about uh, rectifying the problems that he had early in his life around mental illness and some of the other things that were going on with him. And that has not shown at all. He's been... Uh, the poster child for being a good leader and for being a good citizen uh, in Las Vegas and with the Raiders. Well, Scott, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it, and uh, that certainly was a fun way to start the season. All right, Gordon, Jake, thanks as always, and thanks to everybody out in Salt Lake. Be well, Scott. Thank you. Take care. That's uh, our friend uh, Scott Goldbranson. Uh, as I mentioned, he's the founder of VegasSportsToday.com, host of Silver and Black Today uh, Game Day on the Fan in Las Vegas. Fun way to start the season. Yeah, that was, that it was game a great was, game. That was crazy. It and was I, you crazy know, fun. I, I I wonder how the I think the I thought the Ravens are going to be a pretty good team coming into this season, and, and certainly still have the opportunity to turn out to be. But that's a that's a really good win for the Raiders. What do you think of the Manning and Manning uh, commentary and breakdown of the game and all? Did you catch I did not watch that? it. I I heard uh, Hanson Scotty talk about it a little earlier. I as much as I dislike Peyton Manning, I think I might have to check it out. It sounds interesting. I uh, I saw part of it, and it was it was kind of fun. I don't know whether. You know, since I just saw a part of it, I don't know whether it would grow old over time, but uh, I thought it was rather fun to listen to, actually. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Time for a Utes at 50 update here on the big show. Here's Coach Witt. Ask for his thoughts on playing San Diego State in a soccer stadium. I've seen the uh, the tape, obviously, that uh, where they play in Mexico State, it's hard to get a good feel for <laughs> for the entire stadium setup. But I don't know if the Chargers can play there, then that's where they played, right? Yeah. Yeah, then I guess we can play there. So I don't have any worries. It's a natural grass surface. It's a regulation field, so away we go. Right. All right, this uh, update brought to you by our friends at Lenride Mortgage. isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Austin's list presented today by Lenride Mortgage. Same as the update there, if you didn't notice. Lenride Mortgage will be live with DJ and PK Friday morning to help you get the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance. Listen Friday morning and visit LenrideMortgage.com for more information. Of course, Austin's list. Austin has an enemies list. Someplace you don't want to find your name, yet we put names on it all the time. Austin, who's going on there today? Uh, our Monday guest, Cole Fotheringham, big surfer. In his youth, right? He yeah. talked to you about being lit, being raised in San Clemente and going out, uh, catching some nasty waves or some tasty, uh, tasty buzz. Tasty, no, tasty waves. And a Not nasty, nasty buzz. A, a gnarly farley? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the gnarly Charlie surf contest happens every year down in Florida. Uh, it's a youth surfing contest at Satellite Beach. Fine, fine and good. You know, whatever. Surfing's impossible. I still think anyone that can do it is a witch and ought to be tried as such. But a youth surfing contest at Satellite Beach was paused when sharks were spotted uh-huh. feeding nearby. Mm. You know, so you call in the kids. You say, ah, everyone get in. Luckily, no one. It, uh, one well, shark took interest in, in one of these youth, but they got them in and they were fine. What were they feeding on? Therein lies who goes on the list. Apparently, they were holding the gnarly Charlie surf contest in a predetermined feeding area for local marine biologists to study said sharks. So they were chumming? <laughs> they were chumming. They were, they were eating off the planted bait ball that these marine biologists had placed out there the day before. And the gnarly Charlie fe- folks said, hey, here's a good place to hold this contest. So this was a communication issue. Yes. Wait, yeah. wait. wait. You gotta know where the feed ball is. <laughs> so who's going on the list? The gnarly Charlie people for okay. just having the surf contest wherever the hell they wanted to have it. Not mm-hmm. checking for marine biologists. Uh, 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 they had to sign up for it. So. Okay, uh, I hear you, but chumming by a public beach doesn't seem like a real good idea. No, it doesn't. So maybe the beach uh, officials ought to go maybe down? Maybe you, you, you chum by the, uh, <laughs> like the, the industrial we plant need, or something like that. We gotta like get that. a bigger boat. But why, I mean, this sounds like a, you're, you're not you're not holding a surfing contest on a non like used beach. It's a good point. So so not just gnarly Charlie's fault, but uh satellite beach officials are probably at fault here as There's well. There's got to be uh, a bunch of the California coast that is not usable to beachgoers. Right? I mean, this Put is Florida, there. but yeah. Or Florida, sorry. Yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it too, really. You know, you're trying to do two serve two masters here. 
the surfers, and the sharks, and the study of the sharks. Find wherever Tom Brady's living on the on the Florida coast and put the chum ball there. <laughs> There's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest quarterback of all time? You want him to be uh, severed sharks in Sharks are SOBs. I, I, sharks, I do not like sharks because I grew up in the water, and uh, that's, that, oh, I mean. here we go. <laughs> Who does the water belong to? The shark or those of us who are either surfing or swimming or body surfing? Or, or... lying about those things. Yeah. <laughs> What's the lie about? I grew up in the water. <laughs> I did. They called me Aquaman. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, uh, that may be your best, uh, best one yet because that, that's just stupid. Somebody really screwed up. Ah, there's a shark. I wonder why. The feeding ball. He said, ball here, sharky, a... sharky. <laughs> he called it a feeding ball. It's a, a bait ball. That's what it is. It's a, a, bait ball. It's a buoy it? uh-huh. that attached to it is a cord. Mm-hmm. And on the bottom of the cord in the ocean is, you know, bait for the sharks. <laughs> and what happens? I mean, does a shark share the feeding ball? How does that work? You'd think that one guy, one shark would swim up and take the whole thing. Now you got a bunch of hungry mad sharks, and meanwhile you got a bunch of kids over here surfing. Not good. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Righteous buzz and tasty waves. He's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt here to help our listeners who might be struggling with ED. What's going on, Andrew? Hello, guys. Yes, if you're out there struggling with ED, I bet you've heard us talk about this before. Uh, You've heard about the acoustic wave therapy. You know it improves blood flow by repairing blood vessels, and you're probably sick of the pill. Uh, There's a stigma around erectile dysfunction that holds men back. 70% of men with ED do not seek treatment. That is very high. I was surprised to hear that. I assume they're suffering in silence, and the relationship is not going so well. And I do not see any reason why we should continue doing that as men. We can get this fixed. Two to three weeks from now, you could be done with the treatments. The ED could be gone. The blood flow could be restored. And just imagine what that might do for the relationship. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, it, honestly, it's such a big part of life, Andrew. We talk about it all the time. But but relationships, intimacy, those sorts of things, don't, uh, don't ignore this. Don't ignore it. And it does have a huge ripple effect. Um, When things go well in the bedroom, you kind of notice that they tend to fall into place outside of the bedroom. Work goes a little better. Uh, You know, around the house seems a little happier. And so uh, when the ED gets fixed, men tell us how the relationship has improved. Overall happiness and sense of well-being has improved. And they don't have to rely on the pill. And that is a stress reliever. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call. Get in, see the doctor, and uh, you always do so much for our listeners. There's a lot today for free. And actually, this is the last segment of the day. Uh, the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound is free. And today only, uh, we're offering tune-up treatments. So if you notice that results fade into the future, we will retreat you totally free of charge. It's quite valuable. Uh, give us a call. It's totally free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you. Thanks for having me today, guys. Appreciate it. All right. There you go. That's our friend Andrew. 801-901-8000. Give him a call today. We'll have more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got 
Wrapping up Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. An action-packed show shrouded in mystery. <laughs> Jeez. It's no big deal. You're being very mysterious about this parking lot thing. It's still so weird. It is still so weird. If you missed it, Gordon proposed to his wife in a parking lot, but he will not say what of kind what? of establishment. Right. And, and you think true. you think getting engaged in a, in a parking lot of a gun store would be a good story? You'd want no, to tell that's everybody. That's not the way it happens. It's like a country song. <laughs> but I had I had the ring in my pocket. And Gordon likes I, country. I was, I was at a very romantic <laughs> place with my with my girlfriend at the time, um, and uh, I was ready to propose in this extremely romantic setting outdoors. Beautiful, beautiful, perfect situation. Perfectly planned. And I, I bailed on my plan. And instead, I proposed the next night in a parking lot. Of a it wasn't metal in the, smelter. It wasn't, it wasn't in the back seat of a Chevy, nothing like that. A dog food plant. No. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Alpo. The Alpo <laughs> headquarters. It's a very special spot. What are you saying about my wife? Oh, that no. has nothing to do with your wife. We're speculating where parking lot you got. What are you saying about yeah. her that you skipped the romantic setting for the parking lot? I, I I cannot explain it because it was perfect. It was freaking perfect. Maybe she would have said no. And I blew it. And the reason we were bringing this up in the first place is because of the Florida State player who chose to propose to his 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 girl uh, after a loss to Jet, who Jacksonville? What is it? Yeah. No, yeah, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. State. Yeah, on a on a ridiculous play, where Florida State went zero coverage on a on a hail mary play. I, I just you know, so he kind of blew it. He had to do it because he made the plan. He was going to stick to his plan. My problem was I had a plan and didn't stick to it. But I got around to it the next day. Was it like a flower store? No, no. You was guys, it, was guys, it like a flower store, you, you, F-L-O-U-R? You guys are have not even come close. In, and you've made, what, a museum. 50, 60, 70 guesses? And you just haven't, you're just missing the mark. It's a very special, special place uh, where something very special happened. The Radio Shack. <laughs> the malt shop. Ah. <laughs> it wasn't 19, you know. Well, it was a long time ago, but it was not 1950. The drive-in movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. A disco. Dead Man's Point. <laughs> we were at the uh, Lover's Lane. Yeah. No. Nope. You're wrong, 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 wrong. You've been wrong on every guess. Very mysterious. Very mysterious indeed. <laughs> I don't know why you'd be ashamed of the Salvation Army. I'm not ashamed just because I don't share it with you. Doesn't mean there's that a reason shame. you're not sharing it. Well, you just have to figure that out. For and yourself. I think it's shame. It's certainly embarrassment. Certainly embarrassment. Yeah, but it might dip into the depths of shame. The Look, just lot. because I share so much with you guys and I talk about things on this radio program that that I probably shouldn't sometimes. A man's got to have a little private corner somewhere, doesn't he? About a parking lot. I you tell it, us the most mundane story a thousand times about dead fish carcasses <laughs> smelling up the garbage can, and yet you won't tell us a piece of asphalt. Which parking lot? I, I'm going. I'm down to the final two: either liquor store or adult movie theater, <laughs> or a combo adult 
themes adult movie <laughs> store. Movie later, it got me in the mood, yeah. I guess. No, that's not it at all. You've been wrong every time. Jägermeister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gordon, you... <laughs> Did you say piece of asphalt? You enjoy yeah. your uh, your evening, buddy. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> maybe if you're really good to me, maybe I will share at some point. But uh, uh, not worth it. Right now, I you know, I'm not quite there yet. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.